Hi, everyone. This is Eric, and welcome to the CBC podcast, Behind the Pulpit. If you're joining us for the very first time, Behind the Pulpit is an opportunity for you to get a behind-the-scenes look at this past Sunday's message. It's an opportunity for us to share some of the things we were thinking and preparing the message, and some of the things we're now thinking, having just given the message. It's a way for us to talk about what we hope you learned and how we hope you're growing. This past Sunday, we celebrated Palm Sunday, and Pastor Donna talked about the importance of seeing Jesus as our King. In a day and age where it's so easy to want Jesus to meet our needs and fulfill our expectations, we were reminded that we are ultimately called to surrender to Him and serve Him because He's our King. And today, Pastor Donna and Pastor Brandon will be joining me as we talk about this Sunday's message. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thank you for listening. All right. Well, I'm here with Donna and Brandon. Uh, Welcome, uh, both of you. Donna, it's so good to have you here, especially uh, for the first time. Uh, Welcome. Thanks for inviting me and trusting me to speak off the cuff and without a script. (laughs) (laughs) Good to be here. I'm really just here to make fun of my mom, so (laughs) we'll see how that goes. All right. Well, Donna, we uh, just celebrated Palm Sunday, and and you gave the message this past Sunday. Maybe you can start off by sharing with us uh, just some of your thoughts, your hopes, uh, heading into the message. Um, one of the things I like most in preaching is taking a passage that that's fairly familiar and just finding new things in it and answering the questions I've always had. So that was kind of my first thought was just to do a nerdy message and tell exactly what everything was going on, like why the donkey? Like, how could Jesus just take a donkey? And you know, why the palm branches, you know, why the crowds were doing what they were doing. And then I realized I had to have a point and an application to it, so I had to (laughs) add that to it. (laughs) So that was my initial thing, was just to explain the passage. So how did he take the donkey? Uh, There's very, like, those three different things that I mentioned, and some people are very adamant about, like, there must have been a prearrangement, and others that you know, it was customary for a dignitary, and then they'll go into other stories and other things going on, cultural things, and others who say, no, it was just Jesus exercising his authority. Um, so I didn't feel like I knew enough to take any of those sides, so I just <laughs> mentioned all three of them. Perfect. Great answer. <laughs> well, now that you've uh, given the message and maybe have a, had a little bit time to think about it, uh, in hindsight, is there anything now that you would like to add or perhaps reemphasize uh, from the message of Sunday? The first thing I want to say is, when I talked about my mom, this is what I realized, is that I was only concerned about me when I was talking in the message, and I do want to affirm that I was concerned about my mom as well, that it wasn't just <laughs> me thinking about the disruption to my week, but I was kind of really worried about her and stuff, so I want to make clear that I'm not just a callous, selfish individual. Um, I also kind of was just thinking about the whole king thing and I've been reading and hearing a lot about Game of Thrones which I do not watch at all but I have no idea what people think of a king and so I was kind of thinking about that I when I think of a king I visualize of course Lord of the Rings and Aragorn Um, but I don't know what other people think when they think about a king what do you guys think when you when you visualize a king who do you think of I don't I don't know if there's like a specific individual that comes to mind but it is that definitely like Aragorn type of king. And I mean, I think I don't watch Game of Thrones either. It just seems like they're all 
really bad evil kings. I don't know. So <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I have no idea what people are coming to the passage with. And when I talk about a king and Jesus being a king, it's like I don't know if I need to explain that more, or talk about that more, or just make people aware of that background thing. I think it still I, it fits with the way you framed that expectation, though. It's like you know this powerful militaristic kind of stop you know i i think that's i don't think anyone well i don't know i have no idea but yeah, i true. i didn't listen to that and think like well that's not what i think a, a king yeah. is okay so. good <laughs> well if you didn't nobody else would have. <laughs> of course well if we're on the same page then everyone should agree <laughs> kind of digging into uh, the message a little bit now um you know i thought it was really profound how you opened up and, and you made the statement uh, jesus was king uh, but just not the king that they'd expected you know, and and how oftentimes, uh, not just them, but it's so easy for us to try and kind of squeeze Jesus into our box to get him to fit our lives and to do what we want. Um, you know, what would you say is like, why do we do that? Right. Most of us, we would intentionally ever wake up in the morning and go today, Jesus is going to serve me, you know, but what is that in us or, or why is it so easy to, to perhaps lose sight and to begin to view him in a way that, you know, we're trying to get him to serve us rather than the other way around. Hmm. I think we just value that ability to make decisions, to to approach things with intelligence and competence, and um, we value self-sufficiency and being able to be decisive and think things through. Um, so I think it's really foreign to us to trust somebody else. To, or to, just to leave it open and to not have definite plans. I don't, I don't know if you can speak to this because you're a little bit older than I am. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is that like, is that a new thing? Is that, does that fit with just the way, you know, Christianity has shifted in a more modern context where, you know, like our expectation is to come and, you know, you know, receive and, 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 and we have everything the way, we expect it should be. I don't know. It, it strikes me as a very modern phenomenon, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's always been like that. I just feel like the idea of like obedience and like submission fits more with how I view a hypothetical Christianity 50 years ago or 100 years ago. Well, since I can't you were speak the, for Since you were there for both years. of those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but I think even the whole idea of obedience and submission, it's my idea of what obedience should be or what a mm. good person is or what I should do. And it's a lot still wrapped around the cultural expectation of, you know, being successful, you know, having enough money, having a house, all of those kinds of things. Kind of, I feel like that's always been like my idea of obedience, not so much being open to what God would have you do. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, we're just selfish and sinful, and that's yeah. probably true in every era. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah, I, I appreciate that that insight. You know, where I think there's definitely kind of a modern element to it, where today's culture it's very easy to try to attain the best of both worlds, where we we have Jesus as our King, but we have all our desires, our hopes, our dreams, and and trying to get them to to be on the same page. But at the same time, pointing out that, you know, that sin, right, is going to ultimately affect us, right, and affect the way we, we view Jesus and oftentimes, you know, to view him from a very selfish 
uh, perspective. So yeah, I think for you to touch on that and talk about it in our lives, uh, as well as showing you know, going all the way back to 2000 years ago on Palm Sunday, uh, was powerful to, to make that connection and make that point. Um, you know, I thought, you know, as you, as you talked about kind of our dreams and our desires and, and getting, you know, wanting God to kind of fulfill those things, you know, I think maybe some people out there may be wondering, well, is it bad to, to want Jesus to do things for us? Is it bad to want him to bless us, to, to fulfill some of our dreams, our hopes, our desire? How would you respond to maybe a question like that? I don't think it's bad or good. I think it's just natural. It's how we think. You know, we make plans and we want certain things for ourselves. I think the hard thing is when we decide on those things and shut out all other possibilities. Um, and I think particularly like, the thing I think of is with parents, we decide, you know, we want our kids to get good grades and get into the best schools and get make a lot of money. And I think even more for our kids, we kind of get really tunnel visioned about things like that and not being open to you know the other possibilities and to just having them enjoy life and to find the things they really enjoy rather than the things that will make them successful or make them make more money or um, make them into the kind of people we envision them being. Um, so I think the, the hard thing is just being open to other possibilities than the ones we think are the best. Yeah I, I definitely agree with that. I feel like it's it's not bad and it's you, there's really no way to fight that i mean you couldn't ever just say well i'm only gonna want what jesus wants like <laughs> i mean that's that's not super realistic but i think yeah it is the attitude you have like i mean are you able to just kind of hold it lightly and say well this is this would be good and this is something i hope for but um yeah i i guess yeah i, I think like you said mom just to be able to allow God to speak into that and, and to not be so rigid about it. And I feel like that's just the whole lifelong process of discipleship, right? Like that, that give and take between, you know, being honest and authentic before God, this is who I am. This is what I want, but like, what do you want? And, and, and to listen and, and be willing for him to speak into our lives. And so, um, there are areas of my life where I feel like I'm getting a lot better at that. And then there are some things where I still have a long way to go. And so I think there's just, you know, there's, yeah, there's just those things where it comes easier for some, but we all have those things in our lives where at some point you're going to realize, oh man, I hold on to that really tight. And I think just as I'm getting older, it's just kind of every couple of years, I realize one more thing that, oh, I need to release this a little bit. I had no idea that my hopes and my expectations were, we're so powerful, but it's, it's leading me to kind of, you know, my, my faith suffering in this way or that way. And, um, yeah, even something as simple as just in the last few years, my attitude towards like basketball, you know, and like how easy it was for me to think, well, this is just for me and I can be totally selfish about this. And then allowing God to speak into that and say, no, like this is where you're supposed to, you know, be light and, and, this is an opportunity to be missional and how hard it was for me to let go of that and say, okay, yeah, I'm open to doing it that way. And it's, whether it's a small thing like that or a big thing, like having kids or, or, or work and church and leadership, all that stuff. I, I feel like 
there's so many areas in my life where I'm realizing more and more that I'm I need to I need to let go of some of those expectations. I like the thing you said just and that's a phrase I think I used to is just to hold things lightly. Cuz I think a lot of times we don't really know what God wants us to do. So we're just kind of moving forward and doing whatever it is we choose. So it's not so much that God always tells us what to do, but that we're just open and things happen and we're open to going in different directions when things happen. Um, and I think that's the idea kind of of holding it loosely is things don't always work the way we want them to. And, and we're better when we just don't, don't cling to things as they're not working out. Hmm. So maybe that's it too is it's when we don't know what to do to continue to move forward without really knowing and being open. And that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes too, it doesn't even occur to you that this is something that that you should give to Jesus or that you you know that you should be holding lightly. It's like, well, we're so good at compartmentalizing that it's like, well, sure, Jesus cares about my prayer life or or these specific sins, but when it comes to things like our our kids' education or jobs, I think like you said, you're just kind of going and doing and just trying to survive and, and trying to get through it that the natural question for some of those things isn't, well, what does God want? It's just, what do I need to do to just kind of make it? And I think for us, it's it's so easy to get caught up in such a high standard for, well, I have to achieve this much in my job or my kids need this much that we just forget that like Jesus wants a piece of that too. And so, yeah, I think that idea of, like almost kind of being on cruise control and, and forgetting that that's true a lot of the time for me at least. And I think too, like just this whole thing that happened with my mom this last week and we went into the hospital, my normal reaction would be to get really tense, to feel really stressed and to feel impatient and to snap at people and being able to say, okay, God, maybe this is something that, that you want me to just walk through and to trust you for the sermon and to trust you for everything else helps me to be a little more kind and patient and just to go with the flow of whatever mom needs. Um, I was telling you guys earlier that up until Sunday, I was very aware of this fact that, you know, I was letting Jesus be king, that God was going to provide. And so I was really good, like with the nurses and all of the people, my mom and my family. And and then yesterday after the sermon was done, um, some other things came up and I snapped at this person that I had no reason to snap and it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> Jesus is still king. And I actually had to email and apologize to this person that was involved with doing my mom's taxes and things had to get done yesterday. So it's like, it's just an ongoing thing of letting God be God and trusting him. And then it it comes out in the way I react to other people and to other situations. And I think it's just better for all the people around me when I'm trusting Jesus, right? Yeah, like your kid. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <I know. laughs> For the record, she snapped at me this morning about an idea. I, I didn't snap. I just, <laughs> I just said you were flaking out. <laughs> you can be the judge of that, Eric. <laughs> I was there, but I choose not to comment at this time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love what both of you are saying. You know, I think to, to walk that that tension to, to go through life's challenges, struggles, wanting God to, to be present, to intervene, to help us, yet at the same time to hold it loosely. 
and to, to open, um, you know, to open our hearts to whatever it is he wants to do. And, you know, it's so hard to do that. And Donna, you even mentioned, right, there's, there's, there's times when, you know, you just felt like I'm surrendering, I'm, I'm letting go. And you could see it in the way you responded to things and how you felt. And then that very same day or the next day, there are moments where it wasn't there, you know, and I think we all struggle with that. How would you both, you know, for the person out there who says, I, I want to be able to, to live like that, like, how, how do we do that? How do we start the day and, you know, or whatever that looks like to be mindful that, that Jesus is king and he's leading us and to trust them? You know, how would you, what would you say to them? How would you encourage them to, to, to be able to live, live that way each day? I think it comes back to prayer and all the things that we've said about prayer. And for me, prayer is not just a set daily time in the morning, but it's kind of ongoing. So it's driving and I'm just talking to Jesus or, or thinking with God about what's going to happen and what I need to be doing. So it's kind of just that awareness of God's presence as I go throughout my day. Um, and that, of course, takes a long time to develop. I think when I was teaching before I became a pastor, that was always really hard for me to think about God and to um, to think about his presence as I was teaching and as I was doing something completely different from church kinds of things. Um, and so I don't know if it's just easier now that I'm a pastor and I'm thinking about God things all the time. Um, but I think like when you're in work or in other situations, it's really starting out intentionally to think about God, you know, to do whatever it takes, you know, the post-it notes or the, the reminders on your phone to remember that God is there and that he's a part of everything you do. Um, and I think it just, it has to grow from there, but it starts out with that intentionality. Yeah, it's, I mean, it sounds obvious, but at the end of the day, it's not rocket science, right? It is those spiritual disciplines. Like, I think prayer is huge. I think for me, I, uh, prayer is definitely important but also just being in scripture a lot and and kind of having your just your mind and your attitude shaped by just the reality of who God is and and how how much we can trust him like right now you know I'm teaching this class for the young adult group on Daniel and Revelation and every time I teach on that topic I feel like for that time frame in my life I'm just more kind of trusting more at peace with you know God doing things his way and 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 not holding on to things so tightly because those books are so such powerful pictures of God's sovereignty and God being king and 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 how um you know just kind of that relationship between who we are and who he is and so uh, I think if you can kind of combine those two things just that truth element of who God is and you know, whatever, again, whatever that looks like for different people being in scripture, but to combine that with prayer and allowing that to kind of sink in and, um, yeah, really kind of affect, you know, our attitudes and how we go about our day. Um, I'm sure there are other things too, but I mean, there's a reason why we emphasize reading the Bible and praying is because that is how we, you know, it becomes more than just something we want to do and it begins to shape us and, and change us. Yeah, definitely. I agree 100% with both of you. And and that's where I feel like, we, and we always say it, right, as, as pastors, we're so fortunate that we get to do those things to start our day and, and we get to call it work. 
you know, and, um, you know, mornings when I get to come in here and, and just read through scripture, journal, pray, and, and go, you know, thank you, God, that I get to, to do this. You know, and I get to do this for a living, and, and not everyone gets to do that. You know, and I think, um, you know, for our church, for for majority of them, uh, that challenge every day that, you know, the busyness of family, work, career, commute, all those things, you know, so, you know, that, you know, we admire them. I admire them for so many reasons in the sense that, you know, it, it's harder for them in, in many ways, but still um, invaluable, right, important nonetheless. Um, you know, Donna, you... Uh, Shared a little bit, you know, as you, you were talking about applying this into our own individual lives. You also talked about applying this truth of Jesus as, as our king to us as a church, to really kind of letting go of, of our desires, not, you know, not trying to get him to do what we want, but really surrendering and saying, hey, God, whatever you want to do, um, you know, we, we got to be able to do that. Um, you know, maybe you can kind of just expand on that a little bit when you look at our church when you kind of think about where we are as we think about moving forward which we've talked about the last few weeks uh, maybe you can expand a little bit about how you see that happening what you see taking place and, and what will take place perhaps in, in in the near future yeah i'm really excited about just the direction we're going in and just the the change in leadership and um, and seeing you guys take more of the leadership and, and seeing your vision for where we're going. Um, I don't know if people realize how much we read and we listen to podcasts and we look at what other churches are doing and how we see that that change is happening in all the churches. Um, this generational change of you know the boomers passing the torch to the younger generation and also the response to the culture and to especially to social media and to all the things you can see online. Um, we just can't do church the way we used to. I think we used to be the used to be the thing is secret sensitive and attractional church, and we wanted people to come and feel comfortable and sit back and watch and feel like they were just you know at a theater or doing the normal things they normally do. But everyone can do that online. They can see anything they want to see. They can experience you know all those kinds of things online. So the thing that has to be different now has to be, you know, when we come together, what do we do that's different from just watching church online? When I was on sabbatical, I would watch church online and, you know, I could sing, I could listen to a message, I could stand up and sing and lift my hands. But doing it by myself is very different from doing it at church. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it has to be that experience of coming together as a church and feeling that sense of God's presence in worship. Um, and that doesn't come from watching a performance or just sitting back and passively watching. So I think just the changes we're making in worship and in, you know, community and how we experience church, those are really good things for us, you know, just because our culture is changing in that way. Um, I think a lot of us who are my age, not nearly 100, but <laughs> as we're getting older, um, the tendency is to look backwards and to see the things that that made church so exciting for us when we were in our, you know, best days in our heyday. And it's a kind of a sense of nostalgia, I think. And so we want that feeling that we had when we were young and vibrant and lively and everything was for us. Um, so I don't think it's so much that, um, that we want church to be that way as we want to feel that way. Um, and those are the things that make us feel that way, that sense of nostalgia. 
Um, so I think it's hard sometimes to understand that everything's changing and we can change with it and we can have that same sense of excitement and God's presence if we allow God to be God and just to be king of that church experience. So that's what I hope for, you know, especially for people who are my age, that, you know, that we allow God to work in different ways and through different venues and different experiences. One of the things like, I mean, maybe this is just my observation, but it seems like you've enjoyed enjoy these changes and that it's not just like you're kind of suffering your way through it but like you really enjoy you know worshiping now and and yeah it's yeah. not yeah it's not really like you're chasing that nostalgia and so what what do you think has been the key to that i mean being a part of you know all jokes aside and the older generation what's been the key to you being able to enjoy those changes as opposed to being resistant to them and have you found that, you know, rewarding in the sense that like you're able to experience God in the same way that you did, you know, in your quote unquote heyday? Um, yeah, I think I just like new things. I I tend to get bored singing the same song. And I know there are people who love singing the same songs and the songs they know. And I don't know if it's just personality or what it is or just because you've taught me so much about music and said, listen to this, you know, when we used to ride in the car and you were a teenager and make me listen to rap and all kinds <laughs> of things that like, I didn't really like, but they were different and they were kind of exciting. And and I think I've always just kind of liked new things and exciting things and, and that kind of change. Um, I get bored when things are the same in anything. So worship as well. For the person who likes things staying the same, and, and is a little older, like, what advice would you give to them? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess to, yeah, just to really embrace that God is moving and God is making mm. things happen. Um, that if we want to reach this generation, we can't keep singing the same songs and doing the same things. Um, I know of churches where they're still fighting over the organ versus the guitar. <laughs> And those are churches that are getting a lot older and aren't able to keep the young people. And I think for most of us, we want to see this church flourish, um, that we can listen to the songs we like, the old songs. We can listen to those at home and during the week and um, access those. But to be a church body and to be a church community where where we're growing and moving forward is, I think, is just the most exciting thing, more than just feeling good about the songs I used to sing. The record, I did not pay you to say that, right? You can right. confirm that. That was here. my yeah. opinion alone. <laughs> I came up with that. Well, I appreciate that so much, Donna. Um, you know, I loved how you said this past Sunday uh, that working with us, it's been the best, <laughs> best time of your life. I, I love that part um, for all the obvious reasons. Uh, but joking aside, you know, even as I'm sitting here talking with you, so encouraged by your excitement and what God is doing, what you sense God will do. And, and as Brandon said, well, we didn't pay you for any of this. Staff meetings haven't been us, you know, trying to brainwash you. <laughs> Um, but I also know that, right, it's been a journey for you. Ministry has been a journey. Uh, being at this church has been a journey. And, you, you know, you shared a lot of it in, in your past messages and things. But, um, you know, I think I'd love to kind of 
have you share a little bit more about, you know, maybe how you got here to a place where you can genuinely sit here and say, I'm excited for what God is doing. I, I like the changes. And I'm not asking for more compliments for us or anything like that, but um, just to talk a little bit about that journey and getting here and, and perhaps encouraging someone out there who may be in a similar situation. Um, I don't think you're asking me about the ministry decision, right? Going from teaching to ministry so much as working with you guys. Is that what it is? Tra- the transitions, yeah. So not uh-huh. necessarily the, the professional change you know, when, when you went from teaching to pastoring, but maybe just your time here. As, okay. a, as, as a leader, as a pastor, and that journey, getting to a place where you, know, you just feel like, hey, God is moving. And I see the excitement as you talk about those things. How'd you get here? Yeah. Um, I think one of the key things is, is working with Brandon, because we both kind of came on staff at about the same time. And so I could always bounce things off of him. And, and we both would do that. We would after staff meetings, we'd go home and say, what do you think of this? And what happened here? <laughs> um, and then a lot of times, you know, at staff meetings, there is that um, guardedness and wanting to say the right thing and not being sure what people mean or what they're really saying. And I think because Brandon and I work together, we've been able to get past that more easily. And I've been able to get past that more easily with Nick and Eric. Um, I think part of the struggle for me at the beginning was just seeing Brandon and Nick as pastors because I knew them both as little boys. Um, (laughs) When Brandon, I think when Brandon became the youth pastor and youth director and like his first retreat, when he took them on the retreat, I was very worried. It's like, he doesn't know what to do. (laughs) How is he going to be in charge of getting all these kids up there, taking care of them for a whole weekend? You were totally right, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, so kind of growing and seeing them as adults and competent adults. And I think not so much with Eric, because I didn't know Eric before. But, yes, even with Nick and just the whole fitness thing, it's like, fitness? That's not church. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, just being able to work with them and to be able to express all of those things and to have us be able to talk about them. I think that's kind of a key thing is to be able to express all those hesitations and to be able to talk through everything and not have to guard my feelings or you know, say what I think I'm supposed to say. Um, I think just having that um, just openness in our staff and um, that sense of authenticity and vulnerability and being just very truthful about what's going on is, has been really helpful to me. I think that's been really key. I think all the time about how hard it's going to be once you retire. And <laughs> well, who am I going to talk to after the meeting? And who am I going to complain about Eric to? And <laughs> It's going to be so different. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know you mentioned, you you threw out the retirement word and mentioned, (laughs) you know, 66 and a half. But like you said, you just got to be open to whatever God does. So maybe it's another 10 years, 20 years. (laughs) And um, we don't have to worry about that, Brandon. (laughs) Maybe I won't want to leave. (laughs) That'll last us all. (laughs) Well, as as you talk about the changes surrendering and, and being excited to, to what God is doing and, and you've seen it. What would you say to someone who, you know, for good reasons, for whatever it may be, still a little hesitant, a little nervous, anxious about the changes they see taking place? Um, you know, if, you're, if you could speak to them right now, what would you, what would you say to them? Um, one of the things that comes to mind for me a lot is 
there's a passage in either first or second Timothy where Paul says um, something along the lines of don't let people disrespect your youth. Um, and I think that's kind of key is to, to still be able to be respectful in, in the way you talk to, to the staff and to other people is to be able to respect the leadership and to respect the direction the church is going in. Um, but at the same time, you know, to be able to talk about it and of course to be able to talk to us about it um, if you're not sure about things, we're always open to listening and to hearing. And there are people who talk to us a lot and, and the people that we love talking to most are the people who are, um, who are able to express the things they like, the, the things they appreciate, and to be constructive, um, and to to share what they're really they're really thinking because they love the church and because they love God and because they want things to be good. Um, I don't think anybody intends to be disrespectful, but sometimes when people talk, it comes across that way, and that kind of really irks me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just say, you know, to be respectful and to be um, to continually be praying about it and asking God, is this really where you're leading? And is this something um, that I should lean more into? Or is this something I should talk to someone about? And um, to be able to talk to us honestly and, and respectfully. And what about to maybe turn the tables a little bit? You know, there's there's those who are hesitant, um, anxious about changes, but maybe there's the other end of the spectrum, um, Maybe it's a generational thing, or maybe it's just someone who's really excited for change, and they just want to change at a fast pace. And they want to change everything, and and you shared even your journey as you look back, and you know that quote unquote heydays, that days that you look back and you go, God was just moving, and and you kind of reflect on your journey over the years, and and you can speak to your younger self who maybe at one time thought we need to change things, and. It's time for the next generation to step up. And maybe there's somebody who's in that same boat, you know, up and coming leader, someone just filled with passion. And, and you can just speak words of wisdom to that person uh, in light of the entire journey and, and what lies ahead. What would you say to them? I would tell them to talk to Eric <laughs> because Eric is so affirming. He's so good at listening. He's so good at at letting you move forward and helping you move forward and helping you to, to understand what's going on. So talk to Eric. <laughs> Let me find that $20 bill and <laughs> slide that over to you, Donna. Uh, thank you so much. Um, all right. Well, thank you, um, you know, for that. Anything else, Donna? Anything else you on your mind, something that you'd like to say before we wrap up our time here? No, I have nothing else to say at all. I'm glad I lasted this long. (laughs) Brandon? Good job, Mom. You did a lot better than I thought you were going to (laughs) do. I I actually had things to say without having written them down first. (laughs) Well, this was a lot of fun uh, being here with both of you, um, especially Donna. Yeah, having you here with us and and having you share. Um, I was encouraged. I was blessed. And I know uh, those who are listening were as well. So thank you. With that being said, uh, thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thanks, Donna. Thanks, Brandon.